So now you can't use any more racial slurs. Before, <laughs> kind of behind, you know, that's okay. But we don't want to get we don't want to get deplatformed. Gotcha. No well, hard R's. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well and, and I, I, apparently I found this one out this week. You're not allowed to use the retard word anymore. I guess since like 2010. I was going to ask you about that. I was yeah. literally going to ask you about that. I was going to, as I was walking to my office to to do this recording, I was like, I wonder if we can say retard or not. And then, and then I was like, oh, maybe we can't. And then I was going to ask you like, you know, I was I was gonna try to make it into a bit, like be like, you know, hey, so can I use the hard R word? And then like, you know, build it into like, oh, like retard. <laughs> yeah. According to Stuttering John, we're not so, allowed to say that anymore. It's un- which is unfortunate. Yeah, he, yeah, he is a retard. <laughs> Welcome back to Here's What I Don't Get from North to South, East to West, the only intercontinental podcast to tackle all of life's toughest issues and the longest consecutively running podcast on the See You Next Tuesday podcast network, 301 weeks in a row. I'm your host, Tab Burton, and with me today, a very, very special guest, one of the original fathers of Here's What I Don't Get, has returned to the fold, Joel Chaco. Hola, me in chata. Hey, Tab. Thanks so much for hooking me into this. This is great, man. I'm, I feel like I've gone back in time. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Uh, it's good to have you back. Thanks, man. Yeah. What, what year is this? Is this 2017 all over again? What's going on? So, episode 301. I think I left at what, like 20? 20. <laughs> it's like 24. Five. Maybe? Yeah. Uh, it's been a while (laughs) no kidding no kidding well I think what was it like the last time we chatted was that in 2020 I I think I think it probably was yeah during the the early stages of uh the uh the 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 time (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) how you been man uh, I've been busy. Uh, so people who listen to the show know I moved to St. Louis and originally we were going to end the show at 300 because Tim and I didn't want to do it virtually. So instead of doing that, we're we're going to change up the format a little bit. The episodes are going to be a little shorter just to expedite the editing process, just to so that we're, nobody's having to commit this huge block of time every week, you know, our recording sessions were, were ballooning into two hours. The episode 299 was almost a three hour episode uh, just because of the, the callers. So trying to kind of be a little bit more equitable with people's time. And to also to that end, we're going to be rotating co-hosts, uh, not doing a guest based podcast, but instead doing a podcast where we have kind of our, our, normal bench of hitters that coming up, coming up to bat every week. And that way we're all, nobody's spending an extraordinary amount of time. And so I wanted the first one back. It's like first, first in last out or last in first out (laughs) was to bring back Joel Chaco, who many years ago turned the reins of the show over to me. And I hope I've done a good job in that, that time straight you have, man. Holy cow. I mean, like, you know, you've taken the ball and ran with it for, Way longer than I ever expected this show to ever continue. But I like this new format because it's, um, 
I, I got to get my obligatory. If to anybody who's actually listened to the show when I was actually on this before, uh, I got to get my obligatory wrestling reference in. This here is. Uh, it seems to me like we are in, we are implementing what in wrestling circles is known as the Freebird Rule, which is basically where uh, the, there was this there was this tag team called the Fabulous Freebirds, and and there was three guys. Sometimes there was four of them. But like a tag team is only two people. So basically like they would all come to the ring and then you never quite sure which two guys were actually going to, to wrestle that night. And most of the time it was like one of the guys who was a really good worker. And then the other guy who was really good on the microphone and that, you know, they kind of, they kind of alternated them around. So I think, I think you have the great formula here. I think this is the, the free bird formula is going to work out real swell here. And uh, uh, so as long as my, my Paraguayan internet works out really well, then I think we're going to be good to go. Yeah. Um, so. so you're in like, I don't know, you, you just kind of hinted at it, but Joel is no longer <laughs> in the great white North, which means no, that this no, is no longer I'm in the heart inter- of South America. Yeah, no longer just an international podcast, but in fact, and now an intercontinental podcast, which is pretty cool. For legit, yeah, it is true. And it just again, worldwide. so long as my internet works, because I've got like, I've got rural Paraguay internet and uh, so far so good. At least you can see me, all right? I got a, I got my own tower on my property that can, uh, you know, that can bring in the signal and uh, sometimes... It works and sometimes it doesn't. And so thank goodness right now it seems to be working. I think we're going to do okay. But yeah, man, I mean, you, you just moved to, you just moved to St. Louis. You just, uh, you were, you were saying to me before. <clears throat> yep. How big of a move was that for you? I mean, where, where you were coming, like what, what kind of time zone differences and, and how big of a, how big of a cultural shift was it to move to St. Louis? Um, it was time zone still in the, still in central time, which is nice. Uh, it was a, it's only about a six hour drive back and forth, which is why I'm in Tulsa today, but, uh, culture shock. It is a lot different. Just, it's a lot, you know, the greater metropolitan area is like three times the size of the Tulsa metropolitan area. It's, uh, you know, the, the way the buildings are made is differently. The way the streets are laid out is different. It's, uh, kind of telling me there's no praying hands. Are you trying to tell me that there's no praying hands in St. Louis? Not I mean, that I found yet. I heard they got some sort of stupid arch thing, but like, I mean, you know, we got to make sure that there's some praying <laughs> hands to keep things going. <laughs> uh, I oh, should man. get like a tiny version of those praying hands and take them, put them like in my office at work. You should. So people think that I'm religious. <laughs> Yeah. Or at least to like get rid of the, uh, uh, you know, any form of homesickness that may come about. Like I know for myself, uh, I'm, I'm, I know that most people are listening, but it'd be behind me. I, I thought for, for tabs purposes, I'd, you know, show my, my new patriotic pride of the Paraguayan flag. Um, I did bring a Canadian flag with me, but I didn't bring the maple leaf that everybody knows. Uh, I brought the, the old red ensign, uh, which was the Canadian flag during the, the world wars. And I think because a lot of that has to do with the fact that, uh, I really don't like my old country anymore. <laughs> it's really, it's not a great place to live. <laughs> you know, that if, if I go back there right now, I'm still going to have to do two weeks of quarantine. Two weeks, two full weeks of quarantine. Just now? To come back. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, it's Holy all political. Shit. Has nothing to do with science. It has nothing to do with, with any kind of, any kind of anything other than just pure petty, Justin Trudonian, like just 
punishment, political punishment for, for me being yeah. a, a, a bad boy and not rolling up my sleeve. Um, but, uh, you know, I made it this far, so um, I'm kind of happy at least at this point and things are a lot better on this end. That's for sure. Yeah, I've got, speaking of of rolling up the sleeve, I've got one of the news stories this week is uh, vaguely related to that. And, you know, not to not to take uh, the show back to the era where it was like all MAGA all the time. But <laughs> I do I do. I am curious to get your thoughts on on this specific story, because it is it is kind of a mess. So so you're homesteading in Paraguay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we we we. we like the last time we came down here, we were down here for about almost three years. And we went back to Canada with our tail between our legs because, you know, like my business didn't, uh, couldn't, couldn't persist, uh, like this, like, like it, I couldn't get to episode 301. That's for sure. Um, but, uh, I, um, I ended up going back to Canada and I was pretty much like for the whole time we were there, it was during, the Trudeau reign. And it was just like, I saw things were crappy before I went like before when I left Canada the first time, but then after I got back, it just got steadily worse and worse and worse and worse. And then finally I said to my wife, like uh, it was, it was, it was last, it was in 2021, early in 2021. I had like uh, a couple of really creepy calls with some like clients that were you know, let's just say profiteering from the pandemic, you know, like with like making the tests and making all different types of, you know, profit off of people's misery. And there was a test that was coming out. And I said to my wife, I was like, I don't want to, I just, I don't even want to be here when this, when this thing gets launched. I just, I just want to like, I just want no part of this. And for my kids, I didn't want them to like, we had like neighbors ratting on neighbors about like, you know, not wearing masks or, or, or people going to eat. Like we had to like, we had this system, <laughs> we had this system cause it was illegal in my province to have a social gathering of more than five people. So like anytime we would like order, or like invite somebody over for like dinner or something like that, we had this like clandestine s- s- uh, system where it was like, you know, I back out one of our vehicles out of the garage and park it in the front. And then like the people would tell me when they're getting close to our house. And then we'd, we would, we'd open up the garage door and let them drive in, <laughs> close the garage door, like draw the blinds, like, you know, make sure the Stasi wasn't around. And then like when they were there, like, you know, like I remember this one time I went to this like super illegal poker night with my buddies <laughs> and like we got, and we had these like stupid like rules. It was like, I was like some sort of speakeasy. It was like, okay, when you get to the house, we won't want to have, cause it was like middle of winter. So there was like snow everywhere. And they're like, okay, we don't want to have like a ton of like footprints going into the house. So try to step where the last guy steps. So it looks like, <laughs> and then when you get, when you get in there, like just walk in the door and don't like take your shoes off at the door. Like don't mill around at the door. Just go straight down to the basement. You can take your shoes off in the basement. And then when you get down to the basement, there's like, like this like big dude, like holding a coffee can. He's like, put your phone in there. Like what? You know, yeah, put your phone in this can. We don't want any, you know, we don't want to take any chances. And like, cause we had like RCMP guys, that that were in our poker game and they're like yeah yeah we have the tools to like basically drive around and like find out you know just by your cell phone if there are too many phones like, 
there's too many phones there. So, so like there was all these things that were going on. And then the other thing was, is that the hatred against anybody who didn't swallow the narrative was mounting so bad. And as soon as, if you, if you went up against it in any way, like we had people from our community, our friends from church and stuff that like went to like these like anti-lockdown rallies and like the media and like the politicians would be like, yeah, like the mayor of Calgary where I lived, he was like, he was like, these, these anti-lockdown rallies aren't really for lockdowns. They're, they're just thinly veiled white nationalist uh, protests. And then like, I was thinking to myself, like, surely somebody's going to correct him on that and make him like have to apologize. Right. Cause I have like friends from Nigeria that were at that, at that same rally. Like you can't, there was nothing white nationalist about it. And then the next day they're like, did you want to correct your statement? He said, yeah, I, I'm, I misspoke. He says, I shouldn't have said thinly veiled. wow wow so then like there was an election and like trudeau like was like basically going all you know he was othering us like you would like no tomorrow he was like saying like you know those people those people are putting their children in danger and they're putting our children in danger and they're putting us in danger so we can't have them on planes or trains and it's like hang on like you're making me sound like vermin (laughs) Like, I don't want to like, so I was like, I, I, I don't know, man, I was prescient. I, I saw where it was going. I got out way before that, but I, I said to my wife before, I was like, you know, you see those old like documentaries and stuff of like the Berlin wall. And you see those like people that were like, you know, like that got like shot down. Cause they like tried to make like a hot air balloon out of like their like bed sheets and stuff. And I, I said to her, I'm like, you know, there were people that got out of there before the, like the last brick was put up. It's kind of like yeah. walked over. And then there's the other people that waited too long. And I'm like, I just want to walk over. And I was like, I got this permanent residency from Paraguay from like long ago. I, I think that's why we, I don't know. I always wondered to myself, like, why, why did we do that whole thing? And then I was like, Oh, I guess, I guess God had a plan for me. <laughs> you know, yeah. I got this weird permanent residency. That's like completely random. So like, we just like, we got out and then like two months later, they like closed the door and then nobody without a vaccine could fly in Canada. And so they just undid that. But if I go back, I got to wait two weeks. So I don't know. So yeah, I mean, uh, hit me with some of this new stuff because yeah, I I have an opinion on these things, but I will preface this and say, I ain't, I ain't MAGA no more. (laughs) I'm not a big Trump guy after, after operation warp speed went down. However, it's all, wrestling it's all wrestling right it's all pro wrestling yeah. so you know like i don't really it's not like i have a team but uh yeah man uh did you bring in some items is that you want to do we yeah cover well these before the problems or no we'll get we'll get to those uh between our two issues but uh let's jump into it with you can go we'll start with you what's your first issue back on the new here's what i don't get sure all right here's what i don't get fishing Fishing. <laughs> now, um, now I, I don't want to like lose my man card over this, you know, but like, because like when I was growing up, man, like fishing was like a hardcore man thing to do. It was like, it was great. Like, you know, like, like my dad took me fishing and we'd go down, like he would, he would show me, he'd be like, you know, this is, this is the, this is the, the Creek that I would go with my dad. 
and we would go and we'd always catch a fish. We'd never not, we'd, I've never been skunked getting, you know, at this place. So we'll have, we'll go there and we'll fish. And sure enough, we went there and we got skunked. Like I just couldn't catch a thing, right? Like, I mean, just couldn't catch a thing. And then like later on, you know, like we go out We and I think, I think like I'm batting like under the Mendoza, if, if anybody knows a, re- a baseball <laughs> reference, like under 200, every time I go fishing is, is this thing where like, like I, I hear these stories of my grandfather and he would like, he'd be driving between like Vancouver and, and some of the surrounding cities for his work. And like, you know, he always had this like Ron Popeil, like pocket Folding. fisherman rod yeah. in his like glove box, just in case he came across like, you know, like a place where you could just like, you know, drop the line in and pull, pull some fish out. And so like now I'm in Paraguay and I bought a, I bought a, an 11 acre property and on my property, I've got like three proper um, tilapia tank ponds and like another pond and they're stocked. <laughs> they're totally stocked. And so like, I'm thinking to myself, like, finally, like, Finally, I I will now I stack the deck. Get, I can, I can, I can catch these fish, right? And like, and like, I go out there with my son. Like we 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 brought a shipping container worth of stuff down, and in that, like, before I left Canada, I was like, you know, we're gonna do some fishing down in Paraguay, son. You know, like we're gonna go, we're gonna rent a boat, we're gonna go out on the river, we're gonna get a guide, and we're gonna catch some of their big like surubi catfish things. It's delicious, one of the best fish in the world. And like, we got these ponds and we come out there with our rods and I'm looking in the tackle box and I'm like, oh, okay, which one of these, like, which, and I realized like, I can't fish for shit. Like suck at fishing, like so bad. I'm, I'm trying to find the right things, like the right lures, the right, the right weights. I'm like, what do I do? Do I, do I put the bobber on it and just kind of wait? Do I cast and, and, and draw it in, like reel it in? Like, what do I do? And so like the first week, went by. Cause like, so, you know, I know, I know you've teased me about this in the past, but like, so I, I hold, I hold that fish Friday thing. Like still like uh, my streak on fish Fridays is still going strong. And like, I thought to myself, I'm like, Oh man, you know, like I'm going to have fish Friday, like freshly caught fish from my own pond, like once a week. And it has not happened. And like, I have a professional like custodian, who helps me like with my, with my property. I pay, like he's an employee. I pay him. He, he helps with all types of different stuff. He like builds things and he like, he, 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 he's good with like animals and doing all that kind of stuff. And like, even he is struggling with these stupid tilapia. <laughs> like nobody can catch these. <laughs> and like they mock us. Cause like, you know, my, it's the most beautiful thing. Like every morning, like when we get up in the morning, my wife goes out and the sun's perfect and she's out with my daughter and it's like this reflection off the water and, and we get these like, you know, got this fish food and she throws the fish food out and they come out and they're, these fish, they're having a blast. They're just grabbing these things. They're just so happy. They're, they're dancing off the water. They're flying out. They're just having a great time. As soon as I come with the like real, the rod and real, no gone. interest. <laughs> uh. Completely. They put... They put their phones in the <laughs> coffee cans. <laughs> they, 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 they walk in the same tracks as each other. Like it, it's ridiculous. I can't find these things. So, so, so I get, I get really frustrated. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, screw this. 
we need a net. Like we need, I need to go like old St. Peter on these things. I need a net. So I go and I find a net maker and it's like this really cool net. It's got this like flotation device on the top. It's got these chains around the edges. And like, you know, I start learning how to toss it out. Like you got to try to toss it like a pizza dough, you know, like, I mean, try to, so it goes wide and then you got to pull it in. And, and like, I got this thing and like, it slightly improved my, my station, but I can only get, I, what's the saddest thing is like, I got big tilapia. I got middle, me, medium sized tilapia. And I got these little tiny little baby tilapia that are just going in the, in this, in these ponds. And I got so many tab. I have like 500 per pond. I've got like 1,500 fish and I can't get like <laughs> enough for a dinner. <laughs> it's the most pathetic thing. <laughs> like, and like, so I, I toss in this, this net in and I pull it in. I'm like, oh, looking at it. And there's like the little tiny little jiggler guy. And I'm like, oh crap. Okay. I guess I got to like move this thing over to like the bigger pot. Maybe it'll have more space to grow and then it'll be, a, it'll be a later thing. But like, man, oh man, it's, it's driving me crazy. I, I, I I've been watching, it's gotten so bad. I'm like watching videos. <laughs> I'm not a fish. Like, I'm like, <laughs> tell, tell my wife, I'm telling my wife, like, like quiet. I need to learn this. It's important. <laughs> like, and like, like I'm like looking, I'm like, okay. Oh, 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 I know what it is. Uh, uh, we, we should be using a different bait. Um, uh, we were using worms, but, but, but the adult ones, they're, they're vegetarians. We should be using, uh, uh, bread, you know? And then like, I'm throwing in the bread and it's like, <laughs> nope, nothing, nothing. nothing. I catch a lot of the reeds and the like grass at the side, <laughs> at the side of the, of the tank, but nope, no, I can't, like, I have not caught one on a, on my rod and reel yet. And so then we pulled in, we called in the big guns. There's this guy at my church, his name's Aldo. And like, he, he loves fishing so much. He's traveled the world to fish. He's like, he named his only son after an Alaskan river. He's, he's, he's like Mr. Fishing. He guy comes, he brings like multiple rods. He's got all the equipment in the world. And like, I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we go. We're like, calling I'm it an watch, expert. I'm going to watch the master at work. <laughs> and I'm like hungry. I'm like, cause like there's, okay, here's the thing. I live in the middle of nowhere. Right. So like, it's not like you can just like, go, ah, screw it. We'll call and order a pizza. Like, like if I, want to have a fish on a Friday, I better be catching the damn fish and knowing they're in there. Like, I, it's like, you aren't fooling anyone fish. I know you're in there. <laughs> like, so this guy comes in, I mean, I mean, and he's got like the technique. Like, I mean, he's got all, he's got all the different stuff. He's like, show him. He's like, this is a fly fishing rod that I used before, but I've modified it. This will be perfect for you. <laughs> Fucking four hours. Not a bite, not a single bite. Oh my guy. god! <laughs> and so, like, you know, I, so now you know what I think I'm you need to do even more. What's that? Uh, what are going to do? I think you got to call Uncle Buck and get him <laughs> to make some of his some of his specialized tea that he makes, I'm and uh, <laughs> just get just pour gallons and gallons of it into your pond <laughs> so your fish are not quite as smart. Exactly. It sounds like you I got like be- the top of the food chain fish here. Exactly. I mean, this school of fish is like, is like well-educated and like, oh, so now, so here I'm at, I'm, I'm now at stage three. Traps. Dynamite. Oh, traps. <laughs> traps. I need traps. I need traps so that I can put them in 
and forget about the stupid fish that <laughs> come in at the end of the day and pull them out. So I'm watching these videos on like traps. I'm like watching it like there's like, you know, you can make traps out of like one of those like old like water jugs. You can you know, all these different options. And I'm like, I found the design and I'm like, okay, I need this like type of wire, this type of fencing I can, or this kind of thing. And this kind of, I, I can mesh this together. I can put this in. And I'm like, who am I kidding? <laughs> like, like I'm not some builder guy. I don't even have my tools. All my tools are for 110 volts. Everything here is like 220. And so I'm like, okay, all right. So I go to like my 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 custodian. I'm like, can you build this? And he's like, no, he's, he, he needs like proper, like a metal worker. So go into town. I find a guy, I show him the design. And I'm like, okay, this is what I want. This is what I want. I want a fish trap. And they're looking at me like, this is the craziest gringo ever. Like what is he's got his own tilapia <laughs> pond. This poor bastard can't get his own fish out of this thing. And so like, I'll have to give you an update on the next show that I'm on because like, it's been like two weeks. I was so think about Paraguay, Latin America, it's manana culture, right? So everything's manana, right? And manana, it means tomorrow, but it never means tomorrow. <laughs> and, and I put yeah. in a request for this, like we're going on week three now. So, oh. so, and it's, ah, oh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. And, but it, it's gotten me like, it's like an existential crisis. <laughs> Cause like, I'm like thinking of all the fish that I've actually caught in my life. And I realized I'm like a big fat fish phony because like, <laughs> I mean, most of the fish that I've caught have been like either caught by someone else and I just reeled it in or um, I've gone to like one of those places that like is so packed with fish and they give you like the little like thing on your, like, it's not even a rod and reel. It's like, a, it's like a stick with a hook and they, they're so hungry that they just like, you just pull them They'll out. They'll take anything. Yeah. 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 And then I take my picture, like I've done something like amazing and I haven't. And like, and it got me thinking too, like uh, the last, okay. So the, the biggest fishing accomplishment I ever had was in Mexico and I went and did some deep sea fishing and it was cool. Cause I was expecting, I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe we'll, maybe we'll catch something like awesome. Maybe I'll keep like catch like a Marlin or something. Right. Not thinking like, cause I'm, I'm like, I, I'm used to like catching, catch and release, you know, a little bit of fun. You hold yeah. it up for the camera, you put it back in. So we go on this, this fishing expedition, my dad and I, and, um, it was cool because like, you know, they had to like catch these certain types of fish that were that were needed for like the bigger fish to like be the bait. So they would cut them up and they use them as bait. And these guys were total consummate pros. We're going way far out, but it was wavy. So we were a little bit like a little bit seasick after because like, I mean, three hours of just up and down bobbing. If you're if you're a landlubber like me, you know, like it, you're not used to it. But it was my turn. And I step up to the thing and we got a big one. We got a big one. And I, whoo, oh man, did I fight this thing? It was, it was brutal. Like, I mean, it was like, I didn't even realize that fishing could, cause like, I always thought of fishing as like lazy man. Like, you know, I never thought of it as like a stressful, like battle. I felt like I was like the old man in the sea. Kind of like, just like, <laughs> I, I was just like, just like having a, having a go at like Moby Dick and like trying to pull this thing in. And it took 40 minutes of like reeling Holy this shit. thing in, and we, and and my, I was gassed, man. And they're like, "Do you want me to step in?" I was like, "No, I'm gonna 
bring this thing in. And I was like, I didn't want to break the line. It was like, it was, I have never had such a long battle as this. It was crazy. And then finally, like we get it in and I caught a fucking nine foot bull shark. And when I say I caught, oh, I wow. didn't catch it. I reeled in a nine foot bull shark. It was awesome. And I mean, somewhere on one of my old digital cameras somewhere is sitting this photo evidence of me and my bull shark that I caught. And it was awesome. It was like, and I'm standing over, I'm looking like all badass. Like I like I like I, I won the day. <laughs> but then what happened next was, well, so they put it in this container thing. And I'm like, aren't we gonna put it back? No, no, no. They put it, they put it in the container thing. Okay, okay. Huh. And then the guy sits to me. So the thing about Mexico, <clears throat> everybody knows about the like timeshare, uh, like spiels, like the big sales pitch. See, I got the mounted shark pitch. So oh. <laughs> the, I got the mounted shark pitch. And the mounted shark pitch was this. He showed me this thing. They measured it. They showed me what it's going to cost to get this thing mounted. And then I have to pay the shipping. It's going to have to get cleared through customs and they're going to have to send it back to me. Nowhere in my, in my anticipation for my day, I just wanted to go and catch something cool and put it back in. Nowhere did I ever think to myself that I'm going to saddle my future wife with a <laughs> giant shark on the wall for the rest of my days and you would have to put it on the wall for the rest of your days because yeah. it was $800 to mount this thing. It would be $800 paid in, in I don't know how you expected me. What was I going to do? Put my credit card number down? Yeah, that's not happening. And like, what am I supposed to do it with cash? Like, why are you money? What was I going to? So the whole time he's like giving me this hard thing. He's like, you know, in our culture. And he's like, <laughs> he's giving me this hard <laughs> in our culture. <laughs> Like it is so rare to catch a shark of this size. Like it's this is my friend. This is my an friend. omen. <laughs> my friend, like <laughs> this, this, this is like good luck. Like you are gonna be a great, great man because you you caught this 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 shark. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, dude, there's no way I can't. And then they're like, they're talking me down on a couple of things, like. Well, you know, you don't have to go with this full platinum package. You can get it down to this and we can do this and this. And I was like, we can cut the half of the shark. And then it was like, I'm like, no, I, I don't. I'm like, can we donate the shark? <laughs> like, is there like some orphanage that needs shark meat or something? Like, I didn't even want this thing dead. I just wanted, I just wanted this back in the water. And keep in mind, it was a three hour tour. <laughs> and 40 minutes was me rolling, reeling this thing in. So like all the other people, they're a little bit pissed off <laughs> on the boat because it took so long. But on top of that, like I'm the shame. So the whole way it's like this guy. And then like the, the demeanor changed. Like I was like somehow like the worst, the worst human being, the worst. Like they're looking at me like, you know, this shark died for you. <laughs> like this shark, this shark died oh for God. you. And you didn't, you didn't bring this thing home. And I'm like, I, I know, but it's like, dude, I didn't, I, at the time I was like a university student. I was like, I don't have $800. It was like 800 American dollars. It was like $1,200 to me at that time. It's like, there's no way. And so, you know, and I, I, I got thinking about it. I was like, man, I've been better at catching grass on the banks 
or like when I go trolling with my dad, like we, the, the most successful uh, fishing trip I ever went on with my dad, we rented a boat. We had a buddy who worked at this like resort. It was like a private stocked lake called Lake Panask in, in, in British Columbia. And it was so stocked that like my dad and I would be throwing our raw, our, 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 we were throwing our lures in and we'd be trolling, trolling with the, with the, with the boat. <clears throat> and we caught so much fish. We were putting them back. Like we, we were like, okay, this is enough for like feed the family for like a week. Like whatever we were at our limit, we, we hit that limit really quick. So it was like amazing. We started like getting all puffed up, like thinking we were awesome at it. That's when I found out later, like, no, they stocked the shit out of this, out of this, out of this pond. And, um, but the most, the biggest memory I had was the second time we went and like, I let my lure get a little too close to the propeller at the back of the, of the boat. And like, I thought I had a big one. Cause like my, 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 uh, uh <laughs> my rod just like bent, like hooked down and I was like, Oh dad, here it comes. And then all of a sudden like, brrr, and we're stuck in the middle of this lake. Oh, what no. seemed like an hour and a half of my dad just like not swearing at me, but swearing at the boat <laughs> like it was the boat's fault, and like trying to get this like thing off. And so I realized at the end of the whole thing, like my whole life, I, I've I've hit the new low of shitty fishermen, like like just the worst. I might be one of the worst fishermen in the whole world. And I don't want to be, I just, I just want my trap to come in so I can have my fish Fridays. But I don't know. How's your success been with fishing in your life? Well, so I, my family's all fish jinxes. Um, my mom is such a fish jinx that if she is, so let's say you and a bunch of, uh, this is a true story. My, we were out, okay. my, uh, some family friends had this property that was on the edge of uh, one of the lakes out here. I don't remember which one. Um, and so their, their property was kind of at the top of the hill and there's a little winding path down and they had, were in this cove and there were like three houses that shared this cove. And, you know, we would go swimming out there and, and they would go fishing. And so one night we were all out there and the, fishing people were fishing and we were sitting there, you know, just drinking. I was not old enough to drink, but you know, drinking beers and spending time together, visiting family friends. And mm -hmm. so my mom gets up to go back up to the house to like get another drink for everyone. The fish have not been biting at all, been out there for hours, but just kind of enjoying the nice evening. She gets away from the beach Fish start biting. They reel in like 12 fish in, in five minutes. Gets back down. Totally stops. And so I was, well, then when I was, I don't know, maybe 10 uh, or 11, I, I got that. I don't know. I don't know what the bug is that men get, but I was like, I'm, I, you know, I'm a man. I should learn how to fish. So I got like a little tackle box and I got, you know, the a basic set of, lures and I got this fishing pole that could telescope down and fit perfectly inside my tackle box. And nice. there were a couple of little, little park lakes that were near us where they, they were stocked. And I swear to you, I would have my fishing pole out. I would have the bait in front of a fish. The fish would swim up to the bait and just kind of look <laughs> at it and just swim by. And I could see him in the water and I'm like, what do you want? Why would you take the damn bait? <laughs> 
and I, I was like you. Like I, I, I'm not going to kill and, and eat these fish. I just wanted the fun of catching a fish and then throwing it back, catching yeah. a fish and throwing it back. So my biggest fishing accomplishment was one year at summer camp. Um, it was I was at this overnight camp, and we had you know Thursday is going to be the big fishing day we're gonna everybody's gonna go down to the lake and we're gonna split into groups there's gonna be a prize for the biggest fish there's gonna be a prize for the littlest fish there's gonna be a prize for the most fish we're gonna have all these prizes for everyone and i want a prize for the biggest non-fish like this 12 foot long piece of seaweed or something that got caught on my reel and i'm i was i'm like you i'm there and i'm like god so i really got something and i'm pulling and i'm like reeling and finally comes loose and then all this like green scum that was that was buried under the water comes bubbling up and i reeled it in and the camp counselor had his digital camera. He's like, well, we got to take a picture of that. And so I, it's, it's like me standing on a rock that's above the ground, holding my fishing pole above my head that, that much with this thing dangling down and still touching the ground. And they were like, yeah, that's the biggest oh, non-fish. Man. So I won, you know, a, the prize was more fishing supplies, which it never got used. Uh, I'm a terrible fisherman. Uh, uh, you know, what's like insulting is like, you know, like late, at night, you know, like you're turning on like, I don't know, some some like TNT or, or whatever channel, like there's some late night thing. And then they show those like people like doing like, like catching like catfish with like their hands, you know, like or, yeah. or like, like, like some sturgeon that's like up to their elbow. And it's like always like either some like mullet dude. Or some like chicken in like a bikini with like, you know, like, you know, like, and I'm like looking at this going like, what is wrong with me? Why? Like these guys, like literally like their feet are in the water. They're everything. And then the fish, the fish don't care. They're like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm in. I'm I'm game. Whereas, like for me, I'm looking at mine and they're looking at me and, and like, they know that I keep them alive. They know that like I feed them. <laughs> they, they And like the satisfaction. They're mocking like, you. They are mocking me. And like, uh, there's this, we have this really cool bench. Like it's gorgeous. Like my, 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 my tilapia ponds are absolutely gorgeous. Magic hour near them is amazing. And I'll be sitting there. My daughter taught me this really. Uh, she was sitting in there and I was like, what you doing? What you doing? And she's like, she's like, watch this dad. And like the fish, like in the daytime, like they like, you know, they, they like the sun themselves. They like come up to like the, the, the edge of the water but they're like really smart. I don't, I, they're, I, they're fish, but they're smarter than you think. And my daughter, she just stands up and puts her arms up in the air and they go, they just like disappear. And so it's like this fun game and you like wait until they come back up and you can make them like, you know, shy away real quick. I guess we're maybe training them again, but you know, like it's uh, training them to avoid me when I come with the pole. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it's uh, what a humiliating sport. <laughs> humiliating. Like just like de- emasculating <laughs> sport, yeah. but I will report back on my fish trials later on in a future episode when I got my trap and I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying some you know fish soup or something like that while on the broadcast. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe so we'll have some uh, some listeners who have some some fishing uh, expertise they can lend, uh, or or yeah, or that'd some be great. Secret, some kind of secret sauce. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, I know I, a guy I'll tell them ahead of time. I'll tell them ahead of time what I've tried. 
I've tried cheese. I've tried bread. I've tried moldy bread. Uh, I've tried corn. I've tried uh, frozen peas. Uh, so far, nothing. So, you know, yeah, I'm open. I'm, I'm all ears. Uh, uh, give me more things that, <laughs> that I can use that'll, that'll broaden my humiliation more when they don't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great so. issue. And that brings us to the middle of our episode, which means it's time for... This episode is brought to you in part by... The Rakeda News Network. Definitely not fake news. And uh, I've got some news. Normally I would say, well, Tim, what news do we have today? But I have the news, so I don't need okay. to say that. Here, this is a great one from RNN. Uh, the Trump White House exerted pressure on the FDA for COVID-19 emergency use authorizations, House report finds. The Trump administration pressured the Food and Drug Administration, including former FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn, to authorize unproven treatments for COVID-19 and the first COVID-19 vaccines on an accelerated timeline, according to a report released Wednesday by Democrats on the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis. Senior Trump administration officials fought for the reauthorization of hydrochloroquine, a drug normally used to treat malaria lupus, after the FDA revoked its emergency clearance of the drug because the data showed it was ineffective against COVID-19 and could lead to potentially dangerous side effects, the report found. <clears throat> the Democrats' investigation also documents potential influence from former White House officials regarding the FDA's decision to authorize covalescent plasma and White House attempts to block the FDA from collecting additional safety data on COVID-19 vaccines in order to get them to public before the 2020 presidential election. Uh, Operation Warp Speed, we literally knew that was happening. They were announcing yeah. it on television. Yeah, this isn't news. <laughs> this, this is and Operation looked, Rug Pull. This is Operation Rug Pull in the making. Because, like, Fauci just resigned. Yeah. Right? So, or announced his resignation. So he'll never have to face any that. consequences for what he did. Oh. It, it, there, no. even, even if we decide later that he fucked up by everything he did, it's like, well, he doesn't have the job anymore. So, the, you know, what's done is done. Because that's the way those people, that's the, what always happens with them. Yes, on both sides. Nobody goes to jail. You know, nobody goes, of course goes not. to jail. Like nothing, no, no, it's, it's, it's all pro wrestling. And, you know, <clears throat> um famously famously the show with its bag of hats and all this kind of stuff in the in its origins you know had a very big very big maga flavor dude like i was saying to my friends i was like i was like ah dude trump uh <laughs> like there was some red flags uh ahead of the even ahead of the operation warp speed thing so like i remember there was a bunch of people there like celebrating they're like, yeah, man, Trump, Trump's based. He he pulled funding from the World Health Organization. Like, you, you know, America first, man. You know, like he pulled the, pulled the money out of there. And I'm like, yeah, and where did it go? They're like, I don't know, just as long as it's not the World Health Organization. I'm like, it went to Gavi. <laughs> it went to Gavi. He put it on Gavi and like he cut a video. And they're like, no, he didn't. I'm like, yeah, dude, he, he gave it to Gavi and then praised Bill Gates. So like, you know, like, I mean, the, you're surprised by this? Why, why would you be surprised by this? And when it came to the Operation Warp Speed thing, so like people ask me all the time, like, oh, so like, why didn't you get the jab? Like, because uh, you were afraid of like 5G or like some sort of straw man argument. And I was like, I was yeah, like no, yeah. dude. The reason why I didn't 
is because uh, I work with like pharmaceutical companies all the time. And uh, I know how fast and how not fast this, this is. I, this, this process takes time. It takes years. And if there was any kind of like adverse effects, you usually sh- it gets shut down and it's over. And, and, and like a $9 stock or a $90 stock becomes a nine cent stock because like, it's a catastrophe. Yeah. And that's like with like two or five adverse effects. If somebody dies, then it's, it's like, it's game over. Like that's not happening. And so like, it was so weird to me because they're like, they're like, well, you know, we've got this technology that's you know like we've been working on it for a while it hasn't been approved for anything yet but like i mean it's gonna work now and they like rushed everything through and i'm like uh you don't rush trials dude you don't rush these things there's there's a pace there's time you need there's there's you know like you you can't you can't rush time after injection that's impossible you have no like time machine for that and so like now it seems to me that this is just operation rug pull in effect. And where they, so to me, what it seems like they're doing is they've let the mandates, they've let the mandates cease. They've let mm-hmm. all the kind of hype go. And now yes. they're going to build a narrative where, uh, the vaccines being rushed through is somehow Trump's fault. And that's why he should, he should not be eligible to run in 2024. Republicans are bad and not. And so they've played him like a fiddle because he pushed, he did all these things and they're going to lay them all on his feet. Despite the fact that it was after Joe Biden became president that they started floating the idea of national nationwide mandates that were struck down. And, and like you were saying with the, like you were saying, was saying the, like, I'm not going to take anything that Trump approved. And then like, as soon as they got in, it was like, boom, approved, boom. And like, and like loosely approved, you know, like authorized and approved are very different things. And like, I, you know, there's no point in getting into that. Cause that's just a long, boring, you know, details, but <clears throat> yeah. Like, dude, like r- Trump rushed it. <laughs> like, and the other thing is, is like anybody who still supports him after was like, dude, he was still stumping for it. Like, like he's still now. Yeah. Still now says like, go get it. I'm like, you should go get now? it. Yeah. And people are like, oh, well, you know, he's of a different generation. And like, you know, he gets, to, you know, like you can't expect him to like know all this other information. It's like, yes, I do. Yes, I do <laughs> expect him to have that information. I do. I know how little he sleeps. I know how much research he did to get elected in the first place. I know he's not a dummy. You know, it's like, and the fact that I know that he's not a dummy makes me respect him even less because, you know, the incompetence isn't even the word for this. Like, it's like yeah. you are complicit and both sides are, they, it's just, it, they, they act like, they act like one side's wrong and one side, dude, you both pushed it in Canada. So in Canada, there's, there was only one leader of any party uh, in Canada, it was Maxime Bernier. He was the uh, the leader of the People's Party of Canada, which is a terrible name, but a decent enough party. And like they didn't allow him in the debates, and they didn't like they they're like, well, he's not pulling on enough. But yet, yet they let another party that like got less votes than him, like in like the Green Party. Yeah, and like they did these like cringy videos of every leader of even the Conservatives. Uh, it was even in there of every leader of every party in Canada telling everybody to get the vaccine and they're all in masks. And then like, it was before the debates. And I'm like, dude, they're all in on it. 
Like they're all in on it. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if you were in a red state or a blue state. People talk about DeSantis or people talk about like Abbott, Texas. It's like, it doesn't, it didn't really matter. In the end, like there was that federal one that kind of came in and nobody, nobody's playing by the rules anyway. Right. Like they were saying like, you know, this whole safe and effective thing or like in Canada, it was like, there would be these billboards and like, holy cow, did the, you know, the billboard companies and like any advertising agency and any media boy, did they get bought out by the government real hard? Because like, you know, when nobody else could afford to buy advertising, they were slamming you with like, you know, still unsure which which vaccine to get. All of them are safe. Get whatever is the first one available to you. And I'm thinking to myself like, you, how do you know that? It's been like, at that point, it was like six to nine months. I'm like, like, we got to wait like three years and like get a little bit more feedback. And that's what's starting to happen now. That's yeah. what's starting to well, happen we've now. Seen- We're starting We've seen this over and over and over again with miracle cures and and not just in medicine, but specifically in medicine, like thalamide was this in the the 50s and 60s. It was this wonder drug where like they were using it for headaches and and women were taking when they were pregnant. And, you know, if if you had were having diarrhea, take thalamide. And then people are born with massive deformities, fused fingers, smaller, unusable limbs and. And then it was like, oh, no, we need to stop. Like, preg- whoa, pregnant women can't take this at all. And then you find out that it even still stays in your system. And now we don't use thalamide anymore. No. It's in the, no. <laughs> and it's in the, like it's still circulating in the society so in some ways, you know, even still, because a lot of those people are still around. And it's yeah. like with, with this um, with this mRNA stuff, it's like, OK, so like like, I, again, I. I at this stage, because it's all comical to me, I'm not really, there's like all, all parties suck and they, you know, and I, I know that's like cringy to a lot of people. Like I'm not like a centrist. Like I have, I have very strong views and values over certain issues based on what they are, but like Tucker Carlson comes out and he's talking about like that there's data that's showing and stuff that we knew right from the get go that it like, it actually makes your immune system worse. Yeah. Right. I don't want to get like this taken off. I don't want to get, like lose like Joel Chaco's back and all of a sudden we get canceled. Um, completely but, demonetized and canceled. <laughs> I'm done, done. But it's true. It, it, it's true. You can look this up and like the CDC is backing off on these things, but it's true. Like you're, you're, there's enough, <laughs> there's enough uh, evidence to show now that there, that this likely is harming people's immune systems. And, you know, this is, it's really, it's, it's, it's the worst I told you so I've ever lived through. It's, it's truly the worst I told you so I ever lived through. And it's not over yet. Cause I know that like, everybody's got like the memory of a gnat now and that like, they forget everything that was like, that happened. Like people probably forgot stuff that happened this morning at this stage. They probably already forgot this, that Trump, like this new Trump narrative that's going on. They already forgot but, that you brought in fishing this episode. <laughs> yeah, so when's my turn? <laughs> when's, my, when's my issue? This is the thing. Like the, what we're seeing in real time is that nobody has any memory anymore. It's all washed out. The, there, things get memory hold. Like there's stuff where I'm like, I'm trying to show my friends like, yeah, no, like the, like back in May of 2020, this was coming out and I'm going to show it to them. And it's like, you have to dig like hard. You have to like go through like 
different like alternative Maybach machines to get some of these things. Cause like they memory hole a lot of this stuff. It's like, it is, it is Orwellian in a lot of ways to try to find these things. And then if you even show people like, you're like, you're like, uh, when you point out that the, that Joe Biden said, if you get these, if you get these vaccines, you're not going to get, you're not going to get sick. You're not going to, you're not going to get the disease. And it's like, yeah. And then you, you quote him verbatim. And then like, you get like a little notice on Facebook or whatever, you get like shut down. And it's like, man, I, I just wish I could catch the fish so that I could like pay attention to something else instead of that. You know, just like sit there, no, no radio, no phone, just catching fish all day and all that kind of stuff. But no, here we are with working yeah. internet and, and finding out about, you know, because the, the rug pull's coming. The rug pull's coming. I feel like yeah, it's this whole... I think it's coming in the next thing. 18 months. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's like they're going to get real close to it. And then like, because I, I don't know, there's possibilities. I'm not going to say for certain, but there's possibilities. Like this, this student loan thing, which is hilarious to me. It's like $10,000 out of a hundred thousand dollars that you owe. Um, like it's like, it's a, it's a blatant vote buy and, and like, Uh you know, like democracy is all about vote buying and nobody ever wants to buy my vote. Um, but cause they don't care. Um, but like (laughs) the, cause you're a white man, this, cause I, cause I'm, I'm the vote you cancel out. Right. I'm the vote you cancel out. It doesn't yeah. matter. I'm never voting for any of the main parties anyway. It doesn't, they, they don't care. It doesn't matter. So, and I shouldn't care either at this point. It's over. But like, the thing is, is with this student loan thing, like they're, they're blatantly going to buy votes. Uh, it disproportionately benefits, like, cause there's more women in university than there are men in university. You're buying off a lot of votes that way. Um, it's distra- it's a distraction uh, because people are going to be pissed. Like people are going to be really pissed off. Like there's enough people out there that have died or have had their lives completely screwed with that, that like people are going to be really pissed. And when that people happens are pissed on both sides on with the student loan one, because as they should be the, the people on the, on the left are pissed that it's not a full forgiveness. Cause that's mm-hmm. all that's, the minimum they'll accept and the people on the right are pissed because because they want you to they like they believe that you should make your own way and if you make a debt you should pay for it and yourself up by your bootstraps and everybody's missing that the whole system has been like built by the universities and the government to only benefit the banks and the universities and you're just like you're just a cog in this machine that is funneling government money out of people that pay taxes and into university pockets so that those jobs continue to exist so that people continue. Cause like you go get a master's degree. What can you do with a master's degree? Well, you can get a job teaching at a school. And, <laughs> yeah. but, but if you go to a fortune 500 company, like, yeah, they may want a bachelor's bachelor's preferred, but it's like, oh, we don't really need a, a master's unless you're going to go become a lawyer or a doctor or yeah. something. Like in my world, it's like, you know, the, the geologists, the geophysicists, the engineers. Yeah. Like we want them well-educated, but the rest, the people like me with a bachelor's in economics, right? Like we're the dummies. Like we're, you know, I don't know. Did you ever read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series when you yes. were younger? Or, I keep okay. it in my office. You remember, 
<laughs> Do you remember that, like, the third ship that, that like, when <laughs> there was, like, the three ships that were, like, oh, know, trying to go the out? Oh, the Golgan like, One of them was, like, Arc A, Arc B. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, like, telephone you know, cleaners. Like the telephone sanitizers and stuff yeah. like that. Like, the university system is, like, 90% that third ship. And, like, it's sad because the thing is, is that all you come out with is debt and bitterness and brainwashing and complete brainwashing, right? Like you're completely yeah. brainwashed. You, 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 you're thinking things that you were not thinking before and your parents help pay for it in some cases. Like the parents who did pay for it, they're pissed off. Like all these like people who are getting their loans forgiven. It's like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's like everything both sides do right now is designed to make you pissed off more and it's successful. It works really well. And it's like, if you give into it all the time, you can, you know, like you'll drive yourself nuts. And, and with this, uh, so the, the rug pull is going to be, so they're distracting you. They're distracting you with this, this, uh, loan forgiveness. Eventually they're going to sort of like, you're sort of, sort of walk back and like, It'll only come out with like Tucker Carlson or it'll come out with some, some group that you can't share with your left hand or your lefty buddies. You can't, you can't convince them of anything. Like it's just impossible. So like it'll come out in I don't know, national review or Fox news or something that they won't take. And then it'll be done. And it'll be over with. And you, and then they'll forget that that even happened. Cause you talk to people and they're like, nobody locked you down. It's like, are you, <laughs> are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I can't see my family. I, I left my whole country over this. My, I have family members who lost their jobs holding off on getting this thing. I, are you kidding me? My, my dad went to hospital three times during the, 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 the early stages of this thing. And we couldn't visit him. We couldn't go in. You know, like we couldn't go in. We couldn't see him. Our priest couldn't go in to give him last rites when we thought he was gonna like when we thought he was close. It's insane. You think we didn't lock that? Nobody's forcing you. All you had to do was get the get the job. Yeah, and then you know it's just it's your two own weeks. fault. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's just your own fault. And it's just like, are you kidding me? So what's going to happen? My prediction is that this Operation Rug Pull is going to come about. And then you're going to go to war in, you're going to go in the, go, you're going to, your army's going to officially enter into Ukraine and we won't yep. be able to talk about it again. And that's, that's, it's really what's going to happen. And I'm really far away from all of this. <laughs> like I am so far away from all of this that like, and I said this to my friends are like, why Paraguay? I'm like, exactly. Because <laughs> what do you know about Paraguay? You know, Jack Diddley squad about Paraguay. And even then they're like, you know, if somebody can't want to come looking for me, it's like, where, where's the Canadian at? Ah, I don't know. There's some Mennonites over there, right? Like I'm, nobody cares. And, and like in Canada right now, like, I mean, the free speech is going away so bad that like, there's going to be a point in time where retroactively I won't be able to come into the country because I spoke against you know, these, these measures, like it's just so Lord Trudeau. insanely bad. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, uh, I, that's the, that's the road we're heading on. I mean, get ready, buckle up before the, the mid, who thought midterm elections were ever going to mean anything or be like exciting, but like, here we are. Yeah. And like, and like you brought up about Trump. Uh, yeah. It seems like they're doing everything to appear like they're trying to keep him from running. 
Like as if like him running is like the one thing that's going to save us. Well, Joel, it's, like, it's oh. a it's a threat to our democracy. <laughs> we have to protect that at all costs. I know it doesn't matter to you, oh. but here in America, we love our democracy. Apparently, oh, yeah, that's what I've yeah, been told exactly. on the news. <laughs> See, I'm from the stock of people that like stayed loyal to the monarchy, you know, like <laughs> all this time. So like democracy is kind of like, you know, the icing on the cake, I guess. But then like at a certain point you realize like it's a crock. It's and it's always been a crock. And all it is is it's 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 the government or this party over here promising free goodies to my neighbors who will cancel out my vote. And that's, that's, yeah. and it's, and we keep doing this over and over again. And it makes me not like my neighbors and it makes my neighbors not like me, you know, cause I, you know, it's like, how do I have a good long conversation with them when they have a commie sign right on their front line? You know what I mean? And like in Canada, we have, you know, pretty close to commie parties. How am I supposed to look at, and like I brought up before, like, like people ratting on like other people's families and kids and stuff. And it was like, my kids before we left, we had other people in our neighborhood. We lived in a cul-de-sac and it was like a cool cul-de-sac. Like people got along. We played, you know, kids would come out. We play street hockey. Uh, you know, like we wanted to do like block parties and stuff, but we had like one group, uh, the parents worked, where the mom worked overnight. She worked nights at the hospital. So the first sign was when my kids went to go and play with them, with their kids was their kid was like doing the whole Two meters, two meters, two, social distancing, like yelling at my son when he was getting a little too close when they were playing. It was just like, my kid's like coming back, like, what's going on? I'm like, ah, the world's gone crazy, son. And then like, and then like we had it where people started getting a little, a little bit like, you know, I can't believe you'd be out walking your dog and then somebody would just like go off on this long tirade about how freaking horrible anybody who has chosen not to get like the jab yet is, and you're just like looking at them and you're like, well, <laughs> you're talking to one, you know, like if you want to have this talk, we can have this talk. And then all of a sudden, like, it's like, just like they take their dog and they're gone. And it's just like, it turned into like a twilight zone episode. And, and that is what's happening. Those people aren't going to get any better. We've, the mask has fallen. We know what they're capable of. And so they're going to forget all these things. And when it comes to uh, this, this whole like blaming Trump, it's like, they're going to forget. Of course they're going to blame Trump. Of course they're going to, they wouldn't give Trump credit when he was like pushing the thing that got them this, you know, bragging rights in the first place. Uh But yeah, man, I, I don't, I operation rug pull, uh, uh, it's coming and it's coming real quick, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's the news (laughs) or is there there any other news bits? All right. Let's this is the Rotator News Network. Definitely not fake news. Well, that takes care of our legal. I, I love that sound bite. Uh, that takes care of our legal obligations <laughs> this week. But you know what it doesn't take care of? Paying the bills. We have to. Uh, <laughs> we're now. So now we're doing this remotely and um, we're paying for StreamYard and going to be paying everybody who's who's on the show so if you enjoyed here's what i don't get and you want to throw us a couple of bucks you can visit us at patreon.com forward slash hwidg which stands for here's what i don't get and over there currently we have five tiers we're probably going to be reworking those tiers uh de- 
just as as things evolve. Uh, the one dollar tier gets you early access to each week's episode, plus our monthly minisodes. We have our two dollar tiers where we throw random bits and bobs that we do every now and again, like retro sodes. When when Buck and Chaco did a retro sode, I think there are two. We put those there when uh, Buck and I did retro sodes. Tim and I would do movie commentaries every now and again. We have our $5 tier. We do our monthly bonus episodes. Here's what I do get where we drop the hate and talk about what's great. And then we have our $10 tier where you, the fans, submit a film. You vote on what film we watch and we record it and, reco- and we re- watch it and record a feature length commentary. And then finally, we have our $50 spite producer tier where you, the fans, get a say in the show. You can uh, request a special guest. You can ban a voicemailer. You can ask for special content and we will do our best to provide to you uh, anything that's in our ability. So thank you to all our patrons, big and small. And thank you to you, the listener listening right now. Um, even just that little bit keeps us going. So, but uh, let me jump in. Were you going to ask a question? You're going to ask, are people really paying say- $50? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was I, I was my eyes perked up. You couldn't see him behind the shades um, at the uh, the movie commentary thing. That sounds like a lot of fun. I I haven't done one of those before. I I, I wonder if we could pull that off uh, intercontinentally. Uh, oh, probably at, at some point. That'd be kind of cool. I would dig that. That'd yeah. be great. Well, th- there you go. Yeah. See now now Joel's on board with doing a movie commentary. So <laughs> I mentioned my economics degree before, but my my minor was in film and media studies. So uh, oh. I love me some uh, some some good stuff. Yeah. So uh, we you should will, chat uh, with Tim because his he got oh, really? he majored in in film. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I abs- oh, one of these days I'll have to you know I'll have to uh, uh, definitely hit him up. We'll we'll do a, a film commentary. We'll pick a we'll pick a real good one. So a real. Yeah, you guys it, can do Tombstone. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I'm a Western fanatic, and I've never seen oh. Tombstone. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It's it's already done. I hate westerns. Uh, oh. Like, <laughs> yeah. You haven't seen the right ones. It's like anybody who tells oh, no. me, I hate cheesecake. I hate cheesecake like wait, like from the bottom of my heart. I hate cheesecake, but everybody always wants to offer me cheesecake, and they're always telling me like, "Oh, but it doesn't taste. This one doesn't taste that much this like different. It's like Oreo or something like that." And I'm always like, "No, no, I don't want it." And so, uh, yeah, I won't pull the. This isn't like another Western kind of thing. Like, no, if I was ever going to show you a Western, I'd show you a real one. But you probably are already coming in with hate in your heart. Uh, so, <laughs> so you probably, yeah, this wouldn't be on a, here's what I do get kind of episode. Kind of no, not with me um, at least. So <laughs> anyway, awesome. Well, All right. So here, your let's turn. Jump into my issue. Here's what I don't get. Mundane nightmares. So I've mentioned <laughs> this on before on the show. Uh, but I, I, so I, I have the ability to lucid dream and not like, I don't do it all the time. And I don't even really like do it willfully, but uh, essentially if I'm having a bad dream, usually I can realize that I'm having a dream and then fight back against it in, in some way I can uh, like, if I'm having say, for example, if I was having a dream where I was being traced, chased by a monster and then I realized that I was dreaming, I can just delete the monster from the dream and go on dreaming and let my my subconscious do its thing. But instead of like being in terror, I get to, you know, enjoy myself or uh, maybe not. I'm like, it's, it's not like that. Uh, no, I haven't seen that movie. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all about lucid dreaming and, and, and figuring it out. But anyways, okay. I didn't mean to interrupt you. And I know, I know there are, there are like 
technology. I know there's there's a mask thing you can wear that like will catch when your eyes go into rapid eye movement sleep and then they'll shine a light in your eyes, which you're you should still your brain should still process and then that tells you your dreaming so that then you can start to exercise control over your dreams. Never done anything like that. I've just kind of had this Is that like the inception like like uh spinny top thing? Is that what that's basically well, like you know kind of, yeah, kind of doing or kind of and I, I I think it was after Inception, someone got into talking about lucid dreaming and was talking about wanting to learn how to do it. And that was when I started to realize that I had been able to influence my dreams my whole life. But lately I've been having these nightmares where normally what gives me, what gives it away for me in dreams is something is so out of the ordinary that I realize that I'm dreaming and then I'm able to change it. But I've been having these nightmares that are that are very normal, but the situation <laughs> is uh, horrifying. Like I find myself back in jobs that I hated, or I find myself mm-hmm. surrounded by people that I don't want to be around, and then I wake up and realize that I'm at I'm in my home and I live in St. Louis now, and all these things have changed, and I I find myself so unsettled that I have trouble going back to sleep. And that makes sense. It's oh like. Yeah, because like, if you're going back into it, you're like, oh, what what next are you going to throw at me from my old from my from my old memory banks? But what, did you have one recently like this? Or? I I've, I've been having them almost recurring for the last couple months, and that sounds like and hell. it's it's all, it's all like different theme like versions of the same theme where I find myself somewhere I'm not supposed to be, and I'm I'm not realizing that I'm asleep. And so I have to kind of like, I, I have to just go with the flow in these and I'm, I'm stressed and I'm irritable. And like, I had this dream that I was back in Tulsa and I was back working the arena and something had happened and the show hadn't been set. And I was like being confronted by these people and I, and then I couldn't get away. And then I, I get like snapped wow. back, snapped awake. And, and it's, it seems so silly because people talk about, I remember having nightmares when I was a kid about like the literal end of the earth or mm. the boogeyman. And and you could go like, Oh yeah, I, I understand why that would be scary. I understand why you wake up in a cold sweat and now you can't get back to sleep. That's, but I'm like, yeah, I had a dream that I was at my, I was at my old job and I was not like wearing the right clothing and that gave made me stressed out. And then I couldn't wake up from that dream. Or like, I, I had this dream that I was suddenly dating this woman that I dated a long time ago where things didn't well, work out a lot. And I knew that this yeah, was, those- this was not the way it was supposed to be. And I, and, and that is what keeps me up at night. And people are like, that's, that's really weird. It's like, I can I'll have the monster. Those are familiar. I'll have those too. Like I'll have like dreams where like, like an ex-girlfriend from like when I was in my twenties, is in, in the, uh, in the dream. And it's like, it's like, we never broke up and we're married and I'll, I'm not, I'm not big into the lucid thing, but like occasionally I'll, I'll, I'll catch on that and I'll be like, hang on. I'm not married to you. I'm married to my wife. Like, and I'm like in the dream, like, where's my wife? You know, like, where's, and I'm like, you know, trying to find her. And then, and then I wake up and then I'm like, you know, she's right next to me. And I'm like, Oh, you'll, you'll never know what just happened. I, Jamie was back, you know, <laughs> yeah. stupid like that. Like, it's like, yeah. But isn't it sad though? Cause like you want, 
Because dreaming should be, you know, like you hear all those other people, like how amazing the dreams are. And they like tell you about their amazing dream where this and that happened. But like mundane dreams, they stick with you. They stick, yeah. they stick with you. Like they're the most memorable ones and they shouldn't be. Like, tell, Do you have any more recent examples? Well, I, I, you know, like a regular nightmare that I've had of like being in, in a terrible car accident. I've had that dream or Oof. I've, I, I had a dream a couple of weeks ago where I was just lost in a Walmart and I couldn't, the door, there were no doors. There were no doors on the Walmart and I was freaking out and out. I just, I couldn't get out. And I'm screaming at these people that I just want to get out of here. That's, and, and the employees are like, they were encroaching on me and they just kept asking, like, can we help you find something, sir? Can we have, and it, I, don't, I don't think it was specifically a Walmart, More but, asshole. but that's, yeah. that was what the, the atmosphere was, was just this oppressive labyrinth of groceries and employees that were, and I, I'm like, I'm, and I kept like getting to an area of the store that I'd recognize and I go, Oh, the door has to be, you know, I'm in produce. The, the door has to be right there. And then you get to where the door should be and there's just more deli or then there's more, more oh. aisles. And, and then, then these like zombie people. And I could, I could not figure out that I was sleeping because nor- normally oh. I'd have a dream like that. And I'd realize that I was sleeping and I'd go, I, I'd say like, Oh, I must be sleeping. And then right. I could make it, I could manifest a door or I could, or, or I'd, a, a lot of times it happens when I realize that I'm dreaming is that I wake up. Because yeah, that's, that's in, Inception true. actually has it pretty pretty correct in that once you kind of realize you're sleeping, the stability of the dream falls apart, and and, and so I just wake up and be like, that was a weird dream. Um, <laughs> but these I've just been trapped in. So I I the one in Walmart, I don't know, that must have been probably two or three weeks ago, and I was just screaming, and I was just screaming <laughs> like, I just want to leave, I just want to leave, I just want to go home. Why can't I go home? And I'm just screaming at these people until finally I, I woke myself up screaming. And then, oh, I'm, and then I'm like all tied up in the sheets and I'm sweaty and I'm, my heart is racing. And I was just, and then I, I couldn't, it was, it was three or four in the morning and I could not fall back asleep. I ended up putting on, you know, some light clothes and watching TV until my alarm oh, went off and then got ready brutal. for work. I was, it was, it was brutal. Like and I was your whole day. <laughs> yeah. And and it was nothing. It's like, oh, you're. In, I had a dream where I was in Walmart. Not, not like I'm. I'm being attacked by monsters or like, you know, because I've had those dreams where you get attacked by monsters, and I'm like, there, there are no monsters in the real world. Yeah. I must be. I must be dreaming. And then I'm like, well, I'm, if I'm dreaming, I'm gonna have a big ass gun. And I'm just like fucking blasting monsters. Pew 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 pew. And, you know, not not that that's a specific example, but. Uh, those types of things I've been able to, or these monsters aren't real. Uh, this should, they should stop happening and, and just make it stop happening. And the more of these dreams that happen of, of being back in old places or with people that I don't want to be around anymore, the, I uh, just, yeah. it's, well, it's, it's, funny you un- it's the- so unsettling. I can imagine like one of the most memorable dreams I've ever had it's and it's it's not even a nightmare. I mean, the nightmare is is that I hated both of these jobs, but the fact that they melded into one. So, a long time ago, when I was you know still in like university, I worked at Starbucks for a brief, brief bit. And like at Starbucks, you know, they give you a little bit of a you know like pep talk on like how to upsell people on certain things here and there. 
And then you had to know like the, like it had the coffee section that like you had to know how to sell like the coffee beans and like grind them properly and do all that kind of stuff when I was at. And, and after that, I went to work at this another, uh, another job called um, future shop, which was like, uh, what is it now? It's um, Best Buy, basically, right? Like, so, it, but it was a commission electronic store sales thing. So, like, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, the 40-year-old the virgin, but, like, in that movie, like, they nail it. That's exactly what it's like to work oh, at one of these places. So, like, but, like, it was all about, like, smooth-talking people and upselling and doing all this stuff. But, like, what people didn't know was <clears throat> there was a code on every price tag and if you knew how to read the code right, you knew how much commission you got in dollars and cents for selling that particular item, right? So that got like burned into my brain. And one night I had this dream where I was back working at Starbucks, but it was like a commission job. And I was making money off of like selling like pastries and <laughs> like selling like coffee and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, you know, that meme of like that car salesman, like slapping, like the, you know, you, yeah. you slapping. The, it was like, you know, you got to get the gold coast, man. This gold, I'm looking down. It's like, Whoa, I get like a buck 50 off of this $13 bag. Yeah. You got to get this, uh, this gold coast. This will, this will knock your socks off. And it's like, I remember waking up afterwards and like, it took a long time for me to realize that wasn't like, that was a dream and that I didn't work at Starbucks anymore. And that Starbucks doesn't pay me on a commission basis. So it was like, <laughs> it wasn't scary. It was just lame. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's, I, I think that's, that's almost the most frightening part about it. Like, I don't, I don't think I've had like a legit, I don't, I don't get legitimate nightmares very often. Maybe I'm not like, you know, eating the wrong foods at, at right before I go to bed or whatever it is that causes a nightmare to happen. But like in my, in my world, like the nightmare is, is like, hang on, where's my wife and kids? Where's my, where's my life? You know, that like, yeah. uh, it's like a reverse. Uh, it's like that talking head song. Like, this is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful <laughs> life. You know, like, <laughs> and like I had, and that's when I wake up and I'm like terrified. Like, what have I done? And then I realize I'm in, I'm in Paraguay and I'm like super far away from all of my friends. All that. And then the real nightmare sets in like, Oh God, I live in a world that required me to, to leave my home country behind. Cause like, they're going to, you know, do some horrible things. Like the real nightmare is the real life thing. So anyways, sorry. I had a dream. I had a dream the other night, uh, a couple weeks ago, I walked into the assistant technical director's office and I was like, Hey, where's that green cart that we have? And he's like, oh, you mean the dolly that's over there in the scene shop? I said, no, 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 it's a big flatbed cart. You know, it's green. It's like brand new. We just got it. And he's, I, we don't have any flatbed carts like that. I'm like, no, we get, we, uh, we have a flatbed cart. I, I realize I haven't been here this long. It's funny <laughs> to, for you to mess with me, but uh, where's, where's the cart? I'm going to load, I'm going to load this stuff onto this cart. That way we can get rid of it. And he's like, we don't, we don't have a cart like that. And finally, I put together like the only way place this cart could have come from in my mind is that I had dreamed that these <laughs> this cart existed. And then and we've all had that dream, right, where you had the conversation, you're about to kind of bring it up and you go, oh, wait, no, no that oh, I, that didn't happen. That wasn't a this, thing. <laughs> I made it five minutes into a conversation with someone about a, about an object that did not exist. It was 
just See, so my kids I don't know. tell me about their dreams and then like they'll forget whether it was like a dream or real life and i have to, we have to and then sometimes we don't know and so <laughs> we have to parse through and we're like look it's like maybe they watched it in a movie or i don't know where that came from but yeah that that is a thing it's See, like the weird part is like, okay, so do you remember a lot of your dreams or do they just like, are they gone usually? Like, I mean, I, I mean, other than the ones that you just brought up, are they like, do you remember like a high percentage of them? Like when you wake up or like, are they, I remember, gone? I'll remember when I wake up and then if I like really want to remember what happened, sometimes I'll write it down. Um, and, but mo- most of the time by lunch, it's, it's kind of gone other than, it was weird. Maybe here are the, the generic details. Oh, okay. Uh, but aside from, but I've never been one of those guys to like dream journal what happened. I, I <laughs> yeah, please don't ever be that guy. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's like, no, honey, this means something. <laughs> this this no, means uh, something. We gotta, we gotta interpret this. <laughs> I, I, I mean, was, I, I, I think most of the dreams that, that I can I can probably interpret most of the dreams as being attached to uh, obviously this batch of dreams I'm having now are because I've made this huge life change. Uh, like I, yeah. I live in a city where I know five people and mm. four of those people I worked with. So, you know, it, it, there, there's a lot of probably stress there that's, that's under the surface. I, I, this one's not even related to this, but I, I brought it into the show a, a while ago like i was at work this guy patted me on the back i went home later that day i fell asleep on the sofa and had a a, a nightmare while taking a nap about being torn to pieces by the people that i work with because i don't like to be touched like oh, that i, I don't okay. like people touching me even right. even casual contact of just like a pat on the shoulder or like i I'm not about that. Uh, you know, pretty much so anything. If I come see you more- in St. Louis, I'm not getting a, I'm not getting a man hug. I'm not getting, you, I'm not, <laughs> I get it. You might. It's, but it's, and so it's just one of those, it's just like a phobia that I've had for a long, long time. And then right. because, because of, of the stress of, of the job and then that thing happening, I had this nightmare that was related to this thing. So yeah, I'm not one to write it down and think that I'm, premonitioning anything it's just your it's your brain just kind of like unpacking the details of what's going on in your life and and then displaying it to and it's not anything that's ever meant to be seen by anybody well like um it's been a long 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 time since i've had you know a computer that runs on windows but i remember there was some sort of optimization thing you could do where mm-hmm. defragmenting it was kind of like moving what's it called defragmenting okay defragmenting and you'd like look and there'd be like little like the colored dots are moving into the different things that's what your brain's doing when it's dreaming it's just like okay we're gonna maybe need this later we're gonna put that over there and uh yeah and um like the fear part of it i always thought was like something to do with like a genetic memory you know for like you know people who slept outside and there was like tigers mm-hmm. that might eat you or your kids Uh, that kind of thing. So, you know, I could see, I could see the purpose of it. Like I trying to explain it to my kids, like why they have a nightmare or why they get scared of certain things is like, 
you know, cause he, he tried to, you know, try, try to be the, the cool dad who rationalizes everything like, Oh no, no, there's nothing weird about this. Like, yeah, it makes complete sense that you're having this, this thought because blah, 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 this, because you saw this thing and that made you think of that thing. And that makes complete sense. And then the kids like eyes like, Oh yeah, ding, you know, that makes more sense. But like, and in, in, in terms of your thing, like for, I, I I'll, I'll relate because like, my my dreams now are weird because of the change of scenery and the change of culture and the change of language. So, um, like the only English, like I've got English speaking friends down here, but like 99% of my interactions are in Spanish. So what'll happen is, is that the, 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 the cables get, you know, crossed and I'll have dreams where I'm still in Canada, but I have to speak Spanish to like the cashier and or I'll have dreams where I'm here and I'm like having full long conversations with my neighbors who like most of them, like where I am, don't even speak Spanish. They speak the native language of Guarani. And so like I'm like actually able to like fully com- converse with them. And it's great. And then I wake up all disappointed because I can't communicate <laughs> with them as well as I want to. Or I wake up and I'm like, I'm like, if I had a dream where I'm back in Canada, I'm like seeing my family. That's that's my version of a nightmare. Cause I wake up like sad. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, you know, yeah. like, uh, when's the next time that's going to happen. But like, <clears throat> it's funny. Cause like, I guess that's the human brain trying to like figure out stress and like how to like handle, handle the stress. So like in your situation, like it'll probably, how long have you been there by the way? Like how, how long is this move? How long since this move took place? Uh, 30, 65 days. Oh, so it's still like super fresh <laughs> yeah. and like, and it's like, it was there for like, that's the other thing is like moving for a job is not like, like no offense, but like, nobody's like dream, like one day I'm going to make it big and I'm going to move to St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> like, 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 well, one day I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a blues fan. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Cardinals games and I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to see that arch every day when I go to work. Like that, that that's not really the dream. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and so one like, of these days, Alice, one of these it. days. <laughs> Cause like, is there even like, Sorry to take it off topic, but is there even like any like major like pop culture references that took place in St. Louis, like uh, shows um, or movies? I think they filmed. Or- I, th- I think they filmed Escape from New York in St. Louis because they needed some place <laughs> that looked already war torn. There's some movie that's like that's like that. It may not have been an Escape from New York, I, but there's a I, I, there's some movie that was filmed in St. Louis because. But it was supposed to be in I, New York or Chicago, but they're like, we, we can't film there. That's too expensive. It'll be too expensive <laughs> to make like a, a blown out war torn city. So instead, let's go to St. Louis. Uh, and <laughs> that I, would be like Portland, but now um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it totally would be Portland. But I, I cause like the only one that comes to mind for me is like one sequence in the first national lampoons vacation movie when they're coming through with their, with their uh, station wagon. And, you know, like uh, um, the wife is like complaining to Clark for, you know, not asking or for not like pulling over and getting directions. And then they end up getting into, you know, 
wrong part of town, which in the eighties was just like the black part of town. Right? So they yeah. get to the, the black part of town and they stop there and they, they get the, the person to give them directions. And the guy just ties them up while not ties them up, like just eats up their time, like telling them all these different directions. Meanwhile, like the, the camera pans back and they're sneak, the people there are sneaking around and taking their hubcaps off and taking all their side yeah. things off. And then, and then anyway, and then their car doesn't run as well. That's the only pop culture reference in St. Louis I can think of. But if we next time I'll have one, I'll bring one back. Uh, well, <clears throat> there's, there's like meet me in St. Louis and there's like, you know, some, the, some the movies song. like that. But, uh, and I know that, that, I know you hate Westerns, but they, they will often talk about St. Louis as like the big city. The gateway because to the gateway. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. Cause it was kind of like that. It was kind of like that last stop. And, and cause like, isn't that also kind of like where the, like the line was, was like right around that. The, the in the Civil War. I, I don't know my, my oh, the, the Mason Dixon line. History. It's a little south of us. Oh, okay. This is still like can yeah. you go and like travel to it and like go and like check it out and and I'm, uh, I'm sure is there like sure a tourist trap there? Oh, probably. Yeah. So, do you, awesome. Well, do you uh, do you have any uh, anything else to bring up for that topic or um, no? That's that's it for me. I'm mundane dreams. I awesome. don't get them. I wish I wish I mundane nightmares. <laughs> I wish I could get escape from this hell of of WalMarts with no doors. Oh man! One day I'm gonna I'm gonna that. like have a panic attack inside a Walmart because the, the dreams <laughs> like this. And then you will find the door, but everybody's gonna like you know it, it'll. <laughs> somebody will have brought out their phone and like, you know, recorded you having your freak out. Um, yeah. <clears throat> do we have any voicemails or anything to go through or. So normally we do the outro music and then we do voicemails. Oh, so I'm this sorry. Is the You're part right. Where I'll say, yeah, I'm out of practice, I'm man. I'm out of practice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, well, that's it for this week's episode of here's what I don't get. I'm tab Burt. I'm Joel Chaco. See you um, next week. See you next week. Uh, Oh yeah, because Buck used to say bye-bye. Nobody does that. If you want to call into the Here's What Here's What I Don't Get Hotline, call us at 704-750-9434 and tell us what you don't get. Or you can conversely, if you don't want to, you know, if you're living outside the United States or whatever, you can visit us in the Discord under the voicemail upload uh, channel in the Discord, which Nothing new on Discord, and I'm guessing because nobody, everybody thinks, everybody's still kind of under the impression that 300's the last one. There are no new sense. voicemails this week. But uh, I'm sure the next time Joel's in, in on the show, we'll have some voicemails. Specifically, we need some fishing tips. Dynamite, <laughs> chloroform. I want to address, <laughs> uh, there's a, a great comment here that I can see in the comment section from Based Brian. Can I bring that in as a, as a voicemail? Can I read that off instead? Yeah, and I can pop it up on okay. the screen too. Awesome. So it says, yeah, uh, for those listening, uh, it says, my dad took me fishing as a kid and I caught a bigger fish. It was a long time before he took me <laughs> fishing again. Uh, dads will like that. <laughs> you don't want to like mash on that dad pride because dad pride can get uh, – can get pretty serious. <laughs> I want to know more about this fish. I, you know, like, um, did, 
did you rub it in his face? <laughs> did, did, did you take the picture next to his and like, you know, like make your little <laughs> hand signal like, oh, poor dad and his little tiny. <laughs> wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Me... Hefty, hefty, yeah. hefty. <laughs> 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 <Because> that's not <clears throat> that's not something I would uh you know, if you want your dad to take you out again, I, I want to know more about this story. Hopefully, based Brian, if you're listening still, if you caught this, I want to know more about this story. Next time I come on, I, I want to know details. Uh, leave a leave a voicemail. I want details about this bigger fish, and uh, actually more into. I, I want to know about the ride home. Like, was dad like, you know, like, silent? <laughs> did he did, was he was he like morose? Did he did he? Did he like have like, you know, did he not talk to you or did he like put on like some sad music and like look off wistfully <laughs> out the door or out the window of the, of the, of the, of the station wagon, the family wagon or something like that. I want to know more details about this story. My version and, of this story is uh, my dad and I used to play air hockey all the time or not all the time, but we mm-hmm. play, we play air, air hockey a lot and he beat me always. He always beat me. I mean, and I think a lot of that is just the fact of being an adult and having far more reach and practice. But yeah, he he'd wipe the floor with me playing air hockey. And then I got to be in my like teens and I got really good. I got good at air hockey. Like I, I would play, I would usually play air hockey left-handed because otherwise I would wipe out the people <laughs> that I was playing with. So one day we're at this Coney Island over, which is a, it's like a cheap 59 cent hot dog with chili and cheese and onions uh, that you buy like four or five of them and, and gulp them down. And they had an air hockey table and he and I played air hockey and I beat him. It was the first and only time I've beaten him because then I was like, I beat you. There's a new champ in town. And he said, Oh no, 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 that doesn't count. We didn't say we were playing for the title. We, we were just, we were just playing and he's never played me in air hockey again. Oh, that's so cheap. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, like, yeah. In my case, it's so it wasn't for, for me and my dad, it was it's ping pong. So my dad was like a, a really good ping pong player. Like he would enter tournaments and stuff. And like, it, it, see, the problem is with ping pong, same with like any racket sport, like ping pong or like squash or tennis, if, if you're playing somebody who's like magnitudes better than you with their serve, um, you can't like, you can't get better. And so he had this like spin on it that no matter what I'd like, even if I like, if I smacked it or if I just bunted it or if I did anything, it would just go bang right off into the ceiling or it hit. Uh Oh, we lost him again. It is kind of a funny freeze frame though. At least it lasted the whole at regular episode. <laughs> now there's two of you. <laughs> I think he's trying to wrap it up. <laughs> and was, oh man. Anyways, well, hey man, tap. This has been a blast. Uh, like for the record, this is the first time it's just been the two of us. There's always been a third party involved. I had a blast. I feel like uh, the chemistry is there. I, I enjoyed it, and uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity to 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 uh, relive, uh, relive my, um, my glory days all over yeah. again. So this is well, great. Back. Thanks so much. Awesome. Yeah. It's good to see be you back. next time. God bless. Take care.